Let's give them something to talk about. I see the energy running out. I got a planet to run around. Okay, okay. You ain't do nothing but run your mouth. No, I don't want to be humble now. You doubted me. Live. Take two? Yeah, take two. <laughs> Sound systems are pain in the ass. Yeah, if you did hop on yesterday, uh, we apologize for the... Um, oh, yeah, if you were one of these six people that <laughs> clicked on and clicked right off. Clicked on, clicked off. The sound was terrible. We were we were broadcasting through... You need to switch the sides, too, on this, please. Oh, got it. Um, the, the We were talking the entire podcast, and when we hear it through our headsets, it sounds great through the roadcaster because our headsets are into the roadcaster, but on YouTube... YouTube was only picking up the computer microphone. Yeah. So it's one of the things. And we do, can't really tell until after we listen to it um, afterwards. But the beauty of doing a second take is that we can refine the content and hopefully do it in less time and talk about the most things, the most relevant things that were interesting when we were <laughs> yeah, we actually discussing the podcast. Take some of the fluff out. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, everybody. Um, the I put out. Uh, I'll start with this one because I put out. I, I put out some snippets from last week's podcast um, relative to uh, affiliate. Um, what to do with the with the affiliate world? Um, what CrossFit should do with the affiliate world and handling and managing the affiliates and trying to get new affiliates on board. They have a goal, obviously, to spread the word of CrossFit and get as many affiliates on board as possible. It's a major revenue stream for CrossFit, but it's also a great way to indoctrinate people into CrossFit, CrossFit games, um, um, build the, make the CrossFit ecosystem even larger. So level one certifications, the whole process. Save a ton of lives. Save, and, and more than anything else, save a ton of lives and cure chronic disease because that is what CrossFit does best. Interestingly enough, though, it, the way CrossFit got started and the way the affiliates got started, it wasn't about that. It was about training people to, for elite fitness. Yeah. Forging and, elite. Yeah, because it worked really, really well. It's GPP. We can talk about that in a second as mm-hmm. well. But military police fire, um, those folks found it um, to be the most beneficial for doing what they do on a daily basis. And I think it was CrossFit Jacks. And the guy was a police captain i believe that came to greg glassman and asked him to start the first affiliate greg's like well oh he okay this this guy was wanting to open his first affiliate his first affiliate in jacksonville florida okay and he was he is uh, or i'm not sure if he's retired now he actually um, bumped into me or talked to me at the games this year still has his affiliate awesome yeah just phenomenal story but anyway and then it became certainly as we discovered over time that it does cure chronic disease does reverse diabetes type two it it makes people mentally healthy and physically healthy it's really and 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 then the community grew out of that and people don't start it for the community it's you'll find a lot of the ogs actually don't even say the word community um Mm -hmm. they um it because it's something that happens it's not something that you um create it's something that is the result of hard work of people coming together. Anyway, um, so we put out some clips this week really related to um, the uh, what CrossFit should do. You can check those on uh, PRs All Day YouTube. I might 
put a few of them on Instagram. They're a bit, mm-hmm. um, they're they're a bit provocative. The topics um, that that we went over last week, yeah, um, especially relative to who I think has responsibility for for their success. And I and I and I will say that now that I think it's almost it's you know ninety ninety five percent ninety eight percent the the affiliate themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what CrossFit's about. You started an affiliate. And you started your affiliate because I wanted to. I actually started my affiliate because the gym that I was is very similar to Greg's story, right? Like he got kicked out of the Gold's gym that he was training multiple people in. Yeah. I basically was told, hey, you have clients that want to do CrossFit. Our facility can't support it anymore. So they'll have to go to a CrossFit specific gym. So yeah. that was like, okay, easy problem. Let's uh, let's get the fuck out of here and go open up an affiliate. That was back in 2010. That is a lot of, uh, that is a big reason. We started Diablo because there's a group of guys that wanted to get together and, and be able to climb 15 foot ropes and drop, and drop weights on the ground. The same reason why we started it It was, and because it was an amazing methodology we fell in love with. It's it's evidence-based, right? (laughs) Evidence-based fitness. That's right. But, um, um, but anyway, I, um, it, but we started it, and then when I started, when I signed my affiliate agreement with CrossFit, I knew. I mean, this was bare bones CrossFit back yeah. in the day, two thousand super raw, two thousand five. Yeah, and I knew that CrossFit didn't have a support system. I knew that CrossFit wasn't going to be contacting me. All I wanted to do was be associated with. I want to be able to have that brand and be able to do that methodology um, our way, um, and we did. And I, and it was up to me. To, I knew one hundred percent it was up to me to be successful or not. Mm-hmm. And all and most of the OG affiliate owners feel exactly the same way. We're not waiting for CrossFit to rescue us. Now, what we do want, and as we grew and got bigger and we got more members, I realized that the only risk that I had with CrossFit was that if CrossFit screwed things up, yeah. And so it, it I so for me, it is imperative that CrossFit stays true to its um, original mission and values and that they do everything they can to protect the brand so that it doesn't get ripped off by other people. And that was a problem for a while that people would open up gyms and call them CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. CrossFit would go after them. Yeah. Season oh, season They were more than that. Yeah. And they put the attorneys on people. Yeah. And they had to protect the brand, which they did also with, you know, by, you know, essentially sending the attorneys after people that accused the brand of not being what they said it was, or that, you know, the big one was, saying that it's dangerous which yeah, the nsca did SCA. and crossfit literally won that lawsuit got a, a huge award could have bankrupted them could have put them completely out could have their um the new ceo came in and took a settlement from them the previous new yeah yeah oh yeah the previous the new. previous new. Yeah, eric rosa came in and then and they decided to, to kind of put that behind them so they settled quickly with the NSCA, which frustrated me. I under, I understand how those things happen. You just you know you want to put all that shit behind you and you want to move on. Um, but anyway, it back to my point being that it I still consider it my one hundred percent my responsibility to be successful. This that this village successful, yeah. and all I want CrossFit to do is make that brand amazing. Yeah, let tell the story of what's happening. Tell the story of of you know of the fitness that it produces. Tell the story of the lives that it changed. Tell tell the story of the lives that it that saves, and because all of, and all of those things, the the beauty of it was all of those things that are happening, all of that data that's being gathered, 
on a daily basis happens in all affiliates around the world. And so really that's all I want CrossFit to do. Mm. Make that brand so damn amazing Just, that it's worth it for us to be a part of it. Yeah. And everybody else will too. Mm -hmm. Same reasons that I joined, they'll want to join. Yeah. Shit, I want to put CrossFit on my on my door. Um, because I know that'll bring me that'll bring me customers and I know that I'll be able to save lives. Yeah. I don't need someone to come in and tell me how to do my accounting. I don't need someone to come in and tell me how to organize my gym. Mm -hmm. Those resources are available through other affiliate owners and there's all kinds of places Tons that you can go resources. for the best hour of the day guys yeah. do something. Um, the two brain two business brain. guys, mm -hmm. um, Bergeron has a program that he does. Like there's a number of programs you can go out or you can buy. Mm -hmm. And there's also tons of information on the internet you know, that are not specific to CrossFit that can help you do all of that. Oh. CrossFit doesn't need to be spending any money doing that shit. The only thing that they should be doing is maybe sharing stuff via journal. Oh, there you go. And the journal itself had, I mean, that's kind of what got me to the point where I opened up my affiliate was after, you know, between, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Matt, um, you know, coaching classes at 5 a.m. or coaching clients at 5 a.m. to like 9 and then coming back in the evening. That whole middle time was just consuming CrossFit content via journal, which got me to the point where I opened up an affiliate. Yeah. That's exactly right. Journal was bomb. So good. And, it, you know, they, they are, I, as I understand it, they may be bringing it back. I hope so. so. I hope so. Because if, if there was anything that CrossFit could do that would help improve their brand, that would be one of those things. That'd be one. Yeah. And the second one. So this, and kind of why I'm on this topic too, because I was a little annoyed this um, holiday. I wanted to, in my weekly email that I send out, I like to put out, you know, kind of motivational messages mm -hmm. um, or th of things I'm reading and, and, uh, and watching and so I, I wanted to dedicate it entirely the two or three things dedicated entirely to motivational stories from crossfit so i went to crossfit's youtube channel mm. and you gotta dig deep on the crossfit youtube channel you gotta dig deep to find so what were you looking for yeah uh, motivational stories so the one i posted was the one i posted on diablo's youtube was not even a crossfit video it's the and if you saw Diablo, like a noble, no, 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 that's noble. <laughs> Thank you. I won't go there. Um, that that's a topic for another yeah podcast episode. The no, but what I did post was a um the commercial of the old man that goes to his uh, yeah. workshop and lifts the kettlebell, the kettlebell up so we can and, and he, tra and he yeah. trains it you know for the entire Christmas holiday and then he goes over his to his daughter's house, family, daughter's family's house, and he's able to lift up his granddaughter to help have her put the star on the Christmas tree. And every time I watch it, especially watch it around the holidays, yeah. you, I get misty eyed and yeah. people commented too that they're, you know, I'm not crying. <laughs> it's an amazing thing. And I looked at that video and so many people said this in the, in, in the comments when the original post, I forget what company it was. It's, it's some you know, European company that posted this thing, but the comment, you know, there's so many comments in it. This should have been a CrossFit video. Yeah. Because it really was because he starts out his kettlebell and he trains over time and he's able to achieve a goal. Um, and you know, there's and all I can think of is when I post, so that's what I posted yeah. instead of a CrossFit video, that's yeah. what I posted, and it was you know, it was awesome, it's a beautiful story. But the CrossFit has thousands of those stories, hundreds of thousands, and probably hundreds of thousands. Like, I, you know, and I, I forwarded the message on to the CEO and to the head of. Um, media who um, Matt Bischel over there. Well, I don't know if he's head of media, but he's media over there at CrossFitness. I said, look, we need, we, 
I have dozens of these stories in, in our affiliate. We have dozens of stories yeah. in our affiliate that we, that we could tell. And, and there's, you know, many other affiliates that have stories like these. Mm-hmm. So I posted that one. Then I posted the story of Athena Perez. Um, oh yeah. Right. Who, who lost, um, you know, I think close to 200 pounds mm-hmm. saved her life through CrossFit. Now she's a, a flow master with CrossFit. That's awesome. It really is awesome. And uh, she actually created a program for working with large body athletes too. I saw that, which is awesome. That is amazing. She, yeah. Her story is amazing. And if you've ever, if you've ever meet her and talk to her, like and just talking to her, bring tears to your eyes. Cause she's just an amazingly kind person and it's changed her life. And yeah, so much confidence now. And, but anyway, that, so I posted those, but I had the, my point being is that I had to dig way too deep to find those. Mm. It was buried under workout of the day videos, which I understand like those are important. Yeah. Those stories need to be interspersed amongst the Forging Elite Fitness videos. Yeah. yeah. It is still Forging Elite, and I want it to be Forging Elite Fitness. I want it to be the preferred methodology for military police fire. And as I, and I understand it, Dave Castro is working on a deal with the military to, awesome. bring, to, it back. to bring it back to... After the NSCA ruined that one for us. Yeah, to bring it back to, to, to train more military personnel. Yeah. Which I think would be awesome because I think that's essential. It's essentially people look to... I do, but everybody does. You, if you're looking for something that's good, you're going to look for the best. I, you know who put it best? I, Jeremy Jones, um, the, one of the founders of Diablo, original founders of Diablo, put it best a long time ago. Um, the best analogy was the racing, the the, the automobile racing team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Honda's one of the most dominant racing teams in um in in formula one racing mm-hmm. um as are as is ferrari as are uh, you know i'm trying to think of the other the, the teams that other the other cars that are in there but honda has a racing team yet they sell you know one, well, probably 100 percent of the revenue comes from just domestic cars daily cars, d- daily, yeah. cars daily drivers yeah but it is important to to establish themselves as a leader in terms of producing um, the best vehicles on the planet that can beat everybody else in a race. Mm-hmm. And similarly, I think CrossFit with through the CrossFit games and its CrossFit athletes demonstrates that the methodology produces the best or the fittest athletes in the world. Yet at the same time through its affiliates, mm-hmm. you know, is the, daily medicine that everyone can take to cure chronic disease and, and save lives. Yeah. So the, 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 that was probably the best metaphor. Like it's, we want it to be the, you know, forging elite fitness. Yeah. We don't want that to go away. We want the tip of the spear to continue to get sharper. Yeah. And then people will look at it and go, well, shit, if it works for them. Yeah. If it works for the best athletes in the world, the fittest, and it produces the fittest athletes in the world. It'll certainly work for me. I like the analogy too of like, um, I mean, kind of along the lines of the the Formula One, you know, disc brakes, right? Well, yeah, that's they right. started that's, on Formula that, One and race cars. And I think that, I think that was and, part of his. Yeah, his and I, I think that well. is too. Right. Um, that technology ends up becoming available to the general population, right. and then it makes everybody else safer. Right? right. So it's the same concept here. That's right. So we've, as Glassman said, we fail at the margins of our experience. Yeah. The margins of our experience for fitness are at the CrossFit Games. Yeah. And that yeah. is where they learn. They experiment. They try. We get new, we have new pieces of equipment. You know, we have assault bikes in here because yeah. of what the athletes demonstrated is that you know 
their ability to in, increase work capacity. Yeah. Um, it's it, absolutely, they, they test, they try new things and those things make it down back to, to the gen pop, mm-hmm. right. Where we can employ it on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably even the better reason for having a race team, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like your R and D, right? Yeah. Um, speaking of testing. Yeah. Here's the, the, I don't know if anybody's hearing what's going on out here. There's a bunch yeah. of yelling. Yeah, so they're testing. Uh, they're testing their lifts outside the outside our studio, outside our quote studio. Which pull up our studio can, yeah, yeah. so you can show it. Yeah. So this is a uh, this is our space. Yeah. So people wonder, like, you know, when I turn, I am genuinely turning to Jamie Lee. We've got two different kind of backgrounds that we operate from, but standing desks, and then we move everything out of the way. Um, the sound. Uh, sound things we put on the ceiling, the sound uh, absorbers. We just bought those on Amazon. But anyway, that is our studio, um, as you see it. And then we get a ring light and a another vertical light that we use as well. Uh, but anyway, today's uh, we're testing testing uh, in the Olympic lifting class. They're testing their lifts this month, yep. and then in the main gym, mm-hmm. they're testing deadlifts. So yep. we've done progressions. Well, this month was a the deadlift was a primary lift and we, you know, once a week, essentially we lifted, uh, we did the deadlift in addition to a Metcon. So two workouts mm-hmm. in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, we put that on a calendar so our members can see it, what days those are going to show up. We don't put all the workouts on a calendar. We just put the list. Just the primary, yeah. secondary and skills. That's right. And any other benchmarks that. Yeah. That and any might other benchmarks. That they might Cause that way when people look, I think most people that have been crossfitting for a couple of years, they like to know what's coming. <laughs> I hope you guys can hear that. It's yeah. getting wild out that's, there. That's not a listen. <laughs> but they like to know what's coming and, and coaches like to know what's coming when they train. So why wouldn't your members like to know yeah. what's coming? It's, it's, it, that, that to me is another one of those no brainers that affiliates should, should pay attention to. Um, and then they can plan their calendars around the strength days. Cause people, a lot of people like, everybody likes to get strong. You get stronger. It's one of the things about CrossFit that, you know, we discovered many years ago that um, stronger athletes are better at CrossFit. Like the stronger you get, the better you are because you can move things, you can move loads, you can move loads faster. Yeah. Um, so strength is an important component, and we periodize strength also because our members love strength training. Yeah. And and I think all members of people like getting strong, and we, you know, I can go into all the benefits of strength training. Everybody knows what those are, especially as you age. But one, here's one from an affiliate owner. And it's because, so we're one month into this mm-hmm. as a primary lift. This is our final month. Yeah. But, right. Last month, it was our deadlift was our secondary, secondary strength. Yeah. Yep. So that, w- w- what does secondary strength mean in terms of like load and volume and those things? Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if we really want to break it all down, we look at each training. Not too much. Phase. I won't go too far <laughs> this time. Um, each training phase is three months. We've got four training phases in a year. This training phase, we started off with some RDLs and bench press as a superset. So we're building up that hinging priority. Last month, we focused on as our secondary with more of a touch and go. So we were working more time under tension um, and repetition, right? As right. we built up that, that linear intensity. And then that allowed us to kind of go into a deload and drop the volume down so we can really increase our intensity to get underneath the heavier lifts for this month. Right. So this whole month we focused on no touch and go reps, but singles because we want to practice and reform, uh, re, 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 
make this setup Re- strong. Reinforce. Thank you. Reinforce that setup. That's been already early morning coaching. Yeah. Um, but reinforce that setup and uh, priority of the lift from the ground, not a touch and go rep. Right. And this morning I had the 6 a.m. class. I had like seven or eight PRs out of 12 people. Yeah. Um, I mean, 6 a.m. PRs too. And something also, I mean, we talked about like we have, we do prescribe um, the uh, primary strength or a lift with a Metcon. And in this kind of environment or a primary session, if somebody happens to be focusing on the, the lift and want to get stronger and prioritize that lift, just like main site would program a heavy day, the, the Metcon can be accessory. And the Metcon is really kind of designed to be accessory. That's why we use the same similar movement patterns. But with this session today, specifically, our goal is to go heavy. Right. So, so the, so the first month of say deadlift programming mm-hmm. is almost accessory deadlift programming um, RDLs and complementary movements. And then the second month is, um, higher rep counts, um, touch and go with lighter weights, lighter loads. And then the third month, which is December, we smaller rep counts, higher loads, singles, um, um, or not, or basically not touch and goes until today where we're doing singles and it's seven singles. Yeah. And that gives them the opportunity to work their way up. And we give, recommended percentages to build up to that PR weight. Um, the other, the other thing we should, I should say too, is when we do this, um, the strength training, the Metcon that goes along with the strength workout is usually seven minutes or less. Yeah. It's, it's small. It's It's short. And it's like a couplet, a triplet, sometimes it's a single modality depending on the workout because volume is always a factor and we, we, we want to be impressed with the intensity, not the volume. So, beating ourselves up after a heavy workout, heavy lift, like the deadlift, that'll smoke your CNS. You don't want to go too long or do too much reps right. where you're opening yourself up for an injury. We save our longer Metcons for the off days, yeah. um, away from the strength days, which, and then Saturdays are usually super long, uh, super long Metcons, which people tend to love. So, but it works out really well. Here's as an affiliate owner, here's why I like this. Here's why I like strength training and having progressions. Uh, we keep a PR board at Diablo, a big whiteboard, and it is. Uh, it is. And and then we tell our members or tell our coaches, hey, make sure you put, you know, have our members when they PR, put it up on the board, write it on the board, and ring a bell. We got a cool bell that's right next to it, and they ring a bell. Um, but each time they do that, it cements or chisels into their brain the the progress that they're making. It is a moment that is uh that is identified or delineated with a um writing on a board and ringing a bell um and that is for me as an affiliate owner essentially a hook into our member that 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 reminds them that what they've been doing in the gym is working for them yeah and then they associate it also with diablo crossfit that's very powerful and it is, it's almost, it's almost like giving them a little bit of a drug. Um, that's, Taste. yeah, that's the reward. So they worked hard. The reward is they hit the PR and then they um, memorialize that PR by writing it on the board. And then we take a picture, we post it every month. I would highly encourage all affiliates to go through this practice yeah. and to have some sort of linear strength training in addition to what they're doing. 
because it is super powerful and the, and the, and they get, and they get addicted to it. And we have some members that have transitioned over to, you know, Olympic lifting for mm -hmm. periods of time just so they can really focus on it because they find that they're adept at it. Mm -hmm. It's a particular skill that they have. Um, Andrew, I, I think of Andrew Lloyd. Yeah. PR this morning. He appeared this morning, probably for over 400 pound deadlift, yep. right? So Andrew Lloyd came to Diablo and his story is on our website. If you go to our website, you can see it. He's lost over a hundred pounds. Um, came to us completely de deconditioned. And I think he's he's in his uh, early 50s. Um, started with us in his late 40s. Completely deconditioned, lost over 100 pounds, um, made fitness a major priority in his life. Like You see the before and after pictures, and it's remarkable. And he knew that he said it, he, he's a beautiful writer. And uh, he wrote about it, that we, and we republished it. But he said he knew, you know, he knew he was on a fast path to death. Know, that it was a, you know, and it was, you know, hereditary within his family, mm -hmm. heart disease. Um, and now the guy is deadlifting 400 pounds. Like literally came in here, started, he probably couldn't have deadlifted 200 pounds. No. I doubt it. Um, I'd, I'd have to safely. ask him. I mean, safely. I mean, he probably, he probably could have pulled 200, <laughs> but I don't know how that would have gone. And he's back squatting like 365, yeah. something like that. So, you know, just a remarkable back squat too. Yeah. Full depth too. Yeah. And, and I know for a fact he could not have, he could not have back squatted over, over 150 pounds when he came to this jab. There's no way. Um, and so those, and, and he loves the lifts. He does the Metcons. He's, mm -hmm. he's made incredible progress. He's incredibly healthy. Um, but it, again, it acts as a hook for your member to keep them in your gym and keep them coming back. And then what happens is here's what happens, especially since you publish, if you publish your lifting days, the members start thinking forward to the classes they want to go to. They start planning to come to the gym. I do not want to miss the strength days. It becomes a priority. It becomes a priority. It becomes a habit and it becomes a rewarding habit for them. Um, and it's, again, there's, there's not a lot of tools you can use to keep people coming. You can run great classes, mm. having ex, um, lifts, periodized lifts in our programming is one of those things that just is like, it's an ex pouring an accelerant on CrossFit. Mm -hmm. It is, it helps improve fitness for a lot of our members and it, and it works as an amazing tool to keep them coming back in. Yeah. If we were doing traditional CrossFit programming, GPP programming, which is amazing. Which is amazing. And if, um, it would work just as well Amen. if we could keep those members coming on a regular basis. Yeah. yeah. But it would be very difficult to track things like PRs. Yeah. Especially when you, I mean, the, with main site, it's three on one off. Right. So if you have the ability to maintain three on one off regularly, you'll hit the lifts as they come up. Yes. But everybody's schedule is different, especially in an affiliate, right? You know, we've got oh, that's professionals right. yeah. that may not doctors, lawyers, whatever, that don't have the ability to come in on right. a certain day because that day just happens to fall off the schedule. Having something like this where we are consistently working on the same pattern, whether it's a lift, whether it's a gymnastic skill, whether we're working on a monostructural focus, um, there is a certain amount of consistency there that they will be able to build up and improve over time. You know, that's, right. that's that part of that physiological adaptation. It takes time of working under tension to make progress. Yes. And so for 
you know, and your clientele's got busy. Everybody works. Everybody, you know, many families have have kids. One yep. one parent staying home. Like it's very it's very very difficult to mm-hmm. establish a regular habit of coming to class. And uh, and our members enjoy having a calendar where they can kind of predict at least one component of the their their fitness, which is in this case this the strong the strength training. Yeah, and skill training too, mm-hmm. right? Because we do this month is uh, yeah. The skills, skills is another big one. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about the physiological adaptation, which is strength and endurance, physiological or the neurological adaptation. That's that's the balance, the coordination, the accuracy. You know, if you want to improve on your snatch, like those things require practice, practice under low intensity. So yeah. it, that's that's one of the things too that with progressive programming, you are practicing these skills and then beginning to implement them into some form of intensity. Right. Um, which is something we're going to see a lot of going into January with our basically our open prep. We've got a series of gymnastic skills that we've traditionally seen and some potential new ones that we could potentially see. Um, but the idea is to practice these skills under low intensity so that way we can actually adapt to improving the efficiency aspects of it. And then we get to put it into a metabolic workout and right. actually push the intensity on it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, it, it, it works. Um, people's skills improve as well. So, so on the, on the skills with the, the PRs, I'm looking at the board out there today. And so our skill for this month has been back and forth between handstand pushups and rope climbs. Right. And to, to see the amount of first rope climbs and first handstand pushups out there, that's just a testament that the consistency of these progressions are paying off for these right. people. People don't have double unders primarily because they don't practice them. No. And I understand it. it. It's it's a pain in the ass. It, it practice, especially if you know you come here, you got your hour, your you know maybe your hour and a half total, you know, and you come and you get warmed up and they do your workout, you're spent, you're just not feeling like practicing. So practice is tough. So having it built into the programming mm-hmm. is clearly working. That's not just part of the workout, right. but right. has like having like you know when, when you look at main site programming, you you see those skills that are like holy shit, this is hard. I can't do this it's intended to be practiced before, before you go. Right. Right. And at the same time, scaling and adjusting as necessary is important because we want to still hit that stimulus. Yeah. And by practicing and having a, a designated time to practice that, it you just know, helps once a week. Yeah. You know, just the commitment for us is once a week that we're going to be practicing yeah. handstands and mm-hmm. this month, wall facing handstand pushups, which is wall really facing cool to see people do. Yeah. It was really cool to see people. Yeah. shoulder people, man, they got that damn <laughs> shit down. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, th- so, uh, the open is coming Yes, and we've been trending, uh, our programming has been leading towards getting people ready for the open. We use the open at our affiliate as a twofold one, a way for members to test their fitness on an annual basis. Um, two as a uh, community event to bring people together. We do Friday night lights for the open. And we get we try to get as many people as possible signed up for the open. We you know we'll do somewhere around 200 people um, at our at our box that will sign up for the open. And uh, and then the third thing is is we you know we do it to support uh, well participate in and support uh, the sport of fitness. And I can go off on a rant I have on several mm-hmm. of these podcasts that I think it is really important for affiliates to support the sport of fitness. It is a the the sport CrossFit is a unique and distinguishing characteristic of CrossFit. 
it is something that other methodologies don't have or can't have. And uh, to be able to have it is, um, is really amazing because it's, uh, special. it's the ultimate manifestation of what we do here in the gym at yeah. the highest level. Mm -hmm. It is our race car. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a really good that's, point. Well, it's, yeah, it's where the race cars yeah. uh, race. The, it's where the race cars race. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and I think that's absolutely essential for the longevity and, um, of CrossFit, the methodology, um, and, uh, and the affiliate world as well. And we have athletes here that like to participate and, and, oh, here's the last part. So we like creating fans of the sport. Mm -hmm. So I want my members to go to the semifinals, which by the way, are in, in California, they're going to be in Pasadena. Uh, we'll have psych a that it's back in California. Oh, we have a lot of members are, yes. that are already talking to me about wanting to go. Good, good. Um, and, uh, and the, the CrossFit games as well, make them fans and make them want to watch it because again, it's one more hook in my member. Mm -hmm. Um, they participate in it and then I make them fans of the sport. It's like, you want to get as many hooks in your members as possible to keep them coming on a regular basis. And that's one, that's another way you can do it anyway. Um, one more way. Yeah. <laughs> during the open <laughs> is to do the uh, is to do an intramural open which i say with a, a little bit of dread i mean i think as an affiliate owner the open is always a little bit of dread it's a it it's unknown <laughs> we yeah, don't know what's coming right uh b it's you know it's 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 a it can be a big undertaking just depending on like how many people are doing it yep. when are you planning on doing it how are you planning on doing it? so there's a lot of different variables there that the affiliate owners are going to want to figure out what's going to be the best way for and their it, community. It, it disrupts programming. It, it disrupts classes. It disrupts programming if you're not programming for the open. Right. I think like when you say that like that, like we've been planning, planning and, and I mean like this whole last year, we've been working on building up our work capacity. So when the open comes, we are prepared. Right. Yeah. So, but Dis, but it disrupts the normal flow of the things. weekly flow. Yeah. yeah the yeah. weekly flow. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And, uh, and, and that is challenging as an affiliate owner. And then if mm. you throw in an intramural open, now you got you know, the owner's going to do the bulk of the work. The owner's going to make sure it goes down. There's going to make sure the events good. The Friday night lights are good that, you know, everybody's that everybody's happy that judges are judging correctly. that standards are being held. that scores are being submitted. Th no, thank God it's only three weeks. <laughs> I love the open, but thank God. And in you know the OGs remember it was six yeah. weeks, man. It was six. 2011, long. seven weeks because that first week they <laughs> oh, yeah. screwed up. The oh, that's website right. crashed. Oh yeah, we got two weeks for man, eleven point one. Man, if they if the website crashed and they had to redo it now in 2022, <laughs> the, 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 there would be riots in the streets now because the way the way how upset people get now. Yeah. In 2011, they re they did. Uh, we went an extra week. We let people do the workout just because the workout didn't get published like five minutes oh before it was supposed to get go out. Yeah. So, but anyway, it um, the opens fun. It it really is a great time, and there's just again you create just an incredibly memorable experience, and right. you memorialize workouts and performances in people's minds, and they'll never forget and it. Successes. Yeah. And, and you create an awesome experience for them and they'll so always associate it with your affiliate. So it's an easy win. An intramural open gets more people in and gets everybody involved. And what I like about the intramural open is that it, because it, the opens, the open is fucking scary for most people. Yeah. I get a little nervous with the open. 
Um, if you don't get nervous, something's wrong. Well, yeah, if you don't get nervous, but but we, if you've been doing it for a while, yeah, you kind of take that nervousness for granted. You kind of, you, well, you, it's something you take for granted. You just kind of don't an, uh, appreciate how overwhelming that nervousness can be for other people. Yeah, especially newer members. Yeah, um, and I, you know, Kimmy Snow um, was one of our members, and she was talking about you know the first year she last well, last year was the first year she did the open mm -hmm. and she literally said she came into the gym and, and, and she'd been doing crossfit here for over a year and she said she literally came into the gym and was crying crying didn't, really? didn't want to do it and ja and she jackson was uh was here and she cornered jackson and or jackson saw her and you know he got her you know got her you know focused on what psyched she needed up. to focus and psyched up and she went out and had an amazing time an amazing experience and i think um and so we we as affiliate owners, we don't recognize that that happens. Mm. It's probably happening a lot. People are just sick to their stomach. They don't want to do it. And, but then when they do it, they're like, Oh my God, what an amazing yeah. thing. And you have to do hard things in life. If you really want to, in my mind, you want to kind of value and really appreciate life. Well, putting yourself outside of your comfort zone is what CrossFit's all about. Right. I mean, coming in to do your first CrossFit workout, you know, it's scary. It's, it's scary. And when you take it up to a notch where you have a judge judging you and hold you accountable to your standards and your reps and people sitting around, Oh yeah, and and you got spectators. Yeah, so that's just again putting yourself outside your comfort zone, which is only going to help improve that adaptation between the, the between the ears, right? right? Yeah, no, it, uh, I mean everybody walks away from it feeling yeah. very very rewarded. Yeah, an intramural open helps uh, uh, basically mitigate a lot of that anxiety mm -hmm. because now you're coming in and it, your performance doesn't matter as much as just being there and participating, participating with your team. Yeah. And so the scoring system that we're going to use, so we'll, we'll, we like to, by the way, we like to do um, just in terms of team size and we'll talk about team selection um, as we get into this, but the, we like to do teams of 30 to 40. That's a good number because that gives a plenty with a team of 30 to 40 when we can do that, you know, and, and so I would say if you, you know, you have a gym with of 120 members or hundred members, I would do two teams, maybe yeah. three teams. Yeah. You have a gym, 200 members and you can get a lot of them signed up. You may want to do three teams, maybe four, maybe four teams. Mm -hmm. Um, and for us, we can, we, Jamie and I talked about, it, and I think we think four teams is probably best. If we get, 150 people signed up four teams I think will work. that's doable i think i mean we had 100 people at the holiday party right well that's a good point <laughs> you might have close to 200 yeah and sign the up season. to the open anyway so but th but we i kind of think uh, you know that 30 to 40 per team is is a good number it's a sweet number yeah um and then our scoring system for those teams will be uh, it's we keep it relatively simple in terms of how you earn points so that members can understand it and and know what they have to do if you complete the crossfit games open workout believe me there's people that just won't you know schedule whatever else complete it and submit it submit it online <laughs> on the crossfit game site not on fucking sugar wad <laughs> well but i put it on sugar wad or whatever app you're using to track your workouts it's yeah. got to go onto the yeah. main game site be on the whiteboard and sugar wad do not report your score to crossfit.com no. <laughs> and we can't help it with that and i laugh about it and i think man that's so dumb why would you think that but to someone that's new to crossfit like that's a 
actually a reasonable thought. I've like, heard that so many times, but I thought you guys put it in. I put it yeah. in sugar wads. Like, right. Oh. That's, a, that's a reasonable expectation. I yeah. got in today's world of technology, that's a reasonable expectation yeah. for someone that doesn't know. I say, well, that's uh, how would you, how could you not know that? Well, of course they didn't know that. Yeah. Like, it's a sugar wads, a cool app. It's actually a nicer app than the CrossFit.com app. <laughs> <laughs> so i would think that, more intuitive right anyway so so yeah they've got to complete the workout and they got to submit their score on cost of time and what that makes it easy to do is if you're an affiliate owner then the only place you have to get your data from is the crossfit games leaderboard yeah and it and they distill it down by affiliate so as you set up and you can actually set up teams within the leader like within your gym yeah within your gym, within your gym's leaderboard okay. as well but the, the scoring criteria for teams is only their performance on the yeah. workout. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you're going to pull your data from the CrossFit, all your data for, from the CrossFit leaderboard. So then you just have to look. You, literally, what I did is I copy and paste. I pull up the leaderboard Diablo CrossFit. I copy it, and then I paste it into a, a Google Sheets. Sheets. Yeah. And then I clean up the data. There's a little bit of data cleanup, but it comes out pretty good. Um, and then participation in the Friday Night Lights event. We give a point. So everybody that participates in Friday Night Lights um, checks into class, um, gets a point. So that encourages people because ultimately my goal is to get everybody to come to the Friday Night Lights where it's just an amazing event, part of the awesome community. Yeah. Part of the community. And that's easy to track. We use MindBody software. I just make people check into MindBody mm -hmm. that night. Just so like they would a class. Just pull up the class list and there's some people's names. Again, I use Google Sheets. And then I just, and you can do a, if you know how to do queries or searches, you can just have it, you know, you, once you put the raw data in, it can go grab the data and tell you if that person was there or not. It's mm -hmm. pretty easy to do. Um, one of the things, um, let me insert this um, in this whole process. Have someone that's good at spreadsheets. Yeah. Find someone in your community that is willing to do a little extra work and really knows how to do spreadsheets. First of all, if you find that person, they love to do spreadsheets. <laughs> and if you challenge them with this data, they'll, they'll take it they'll and, have a blast and, and they'll it. have a blast with it. I had people when we, you know, in 2018 was, and we're going to talk about that, but, but 2018 was our big year. And I, yeah. I just remember um, Myra Cairns, who's a yeah spreadsheet nut. I think she's, I mean, she may be, she's CPA, but I don't know, but she's, yeah, I think she's so. uh, definitely a bookkeeper because she's, yeah. She's damn good with spreadsheets. She kept bugging me. Let me do it. Let me do it. Let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I love spreadsheets too. I'm not quite as good as, uh, as other people, but anyway, find someone that's good at spreadsheets because that helps a lot. Um, so one workout for the Friday night participation, and then we give points for performance, mm -hmm. but the points for performance, you and I talked about this are basically, um, and I think we'll do the same thing. Maybe we'll do top five. But we give a point if you are in the top three or top five men and women. Just a single point? Or are we going five, four, three, two, one? I think we just, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, we, what we'll do is we'll do a, I think we'll do a test. Okay. And kind of see what it looks like if we did it five, four, three, two, one. Is it, um, it looks like we did a five, four, three, two, one here. for 2018. Um, maybe it wasn't, yeah. Oh, for 2018, we did top three, yeah. And we, top, just well, we did point. top three men and women, and then we had top three scaled and top three masters. That's right. And it was scored, um, it was just scored one point, yeah. It was just scored one point, yeah. 
Why don't you show what you're looking? Oh at? yeah, sorry. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is a uh, this is what our thing is looking like um, from 2018, right? And so essentially, we give a point for the top three of each category. Now, one of the things we are not going to do is we're not going to separate masters. We're not going to give if you're a top mm. three masters. Some gyms just don't have enough masters yeah. to like compete against each other. Here's the other thing: is that masters um, have scaling already built into their workouts um and so and what that means essentially is they can compete head to head so as a um against your open athletes mm -hmm. so if i go and i'm in the 60 to 65 category i'm so scaled in the 60 to 65 category chances are my score is probably going to be close to what the top open athletes are going to be in our gym. And we use the example of um, when you, 2020, Alessandro oh, right. Pacelli and Yvonne Howard were like, Sandy was just outside of Yvonne's score, yeah. but that was based off of the scale right. of like the weights that they had to move or the pattern that they had adjusted to. That's right. So we got, so, so we give a point if you end up in the top three men, top three women. And we just allow the masters to fall out where they may in that mix in the cross in your game, in your leaderboard for your gym um, on the CrossFit leaderboard. We'll place shuffle that. Yeah. Out we'll shuffle you. that out yeah. for you. Then here is one thing that we do is we give a top, a point for the top three scaled mm -hmm. men and women. And that's kind of cool because keeps them, keeps them going. Yeah. Keeps gives them, them something to work oh, yeah. towards. We actually had to, we actually, one of the things we had to police and you will have to police some stuff when you do an intramural open. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we had to police was, um, our ex athletes doing it scaled. <laughs> oh that? yeah. Yeah. No, no, no sandbagging in this. This is the open. You're still participating for yourself. <laughs> I understand there might be easy points for you, but right. You will be, uh, exposed. Yeah. <laughs> Last year, actually uh, outside of the intramural open, I actually had almost an argument with a member who insisted that, um, she was upset. She said she would have done much better on the workout. Had she done it scaled, she did it RX cause she could. And she goes, I didn't do as many rounds and reps. And so she felt like she didn't do as well. And she felt like it might've affected her on leaderboard. And I said, okay, <laughs> the way the CrossFit leaderboard works is the last, the last RX person is the is the first scaled person, right? Or placed on top of the first scale, and then everybody else that comes below. And it, but because their numbers were bigger, yeah, like she was having a hard. I mean, and I get it. Like, no, it and, makes total sense. Yeah. But it goes back to you know the old saying, Glassman hat: be impressed with intensity, not volume. That's right. And if you scale just to get more reps, that's going the opposite direction of what that saying is. That's right. Yeah. So it's uh. So anyway, so we give top scaled men, top scaled women. That's and that's kind of cool. Yeah. And we're not going to do masters. Um. Here's the other thing. This is this is a really important one. Is you as you do scoring. And this was one of those ones we discovered kind of happenstance, and it produced amazing results for us in the intramural huge. open. It was huge. Not just intramural, but for the open in general. Well, that's right. Is just uh, in general is giving points. For the top five judges, right? So the top five individuals with the most athletes judge get an extra point for their team. Yeah, and we do, we put that in there with the with the idea of trying to incentivize people because judges, you guys know, you know Friday Night Lights especially. You don't want to you don't want to rely on your coaches for judging. 
You want the members to be judging. Yeah. We require anybody that's going to judge. Actually, we, we, we try it's, to get everybody. Yeah. We require anybody that's judging to have the judge's certification. Sure. But what's really cool is this became a big deal. Yeah. People were like fighting over heats so they yeah. could judge. So they could judge. Awesome. So, so we would, you know, how we structured it is we, we put three classes on Friday night lights, like at six o'clock, seven o'clock and eight o'clock class. Actually, I think we started, it was, it started like four or five. Yeah. Four or five. Yeah. Four or five and six PM. But anyway, we do, we do that. People would sign in that group of people, that 30 or 40 people that signed into that five o'clock class, let's call it would come in. But then we had a big whiteboard there mm-hmm. and you would essentially assign yourself to a heat within that hour. Yeah. So anywhere from three to four heats per hour. Based whatever. on whatever the workout is, the time right, domain we right. have. So we would have these heats, blank spots for these heats. And then next to the blank spot for the heat was a, was also a, another line for the judge. Mm-hmm. And there were times when you would walk over to that board, be the person that was kind of running the entire event would walk over to the board to look at the heats and all the judges' spots would be full, and the athlete spots would be open. still waiting. Like still we've got waiting. excess of judges, <laughs> which is a great problem. That is an amazing problem to have: is people fighting to judge because they knew that 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 was a difference maker. It, it was a difference maker, but it also I think they understand that like how much help that is to get through this thing. I mean, we right. we can't put these events on without you know volunteers and judges. Like that's just. I feel like that's just how it is. Whether yeah. it's at the games, competitions, it's just having people around to be a part well, of it. it. Like, it, and then all of a sudden, those individuals, and I, you know, the, while they may not perform as well as athletes, and yeah. they know they're not going to, they become desired people, and people want them and seek them out yeah. for judging. And it just creates a, it, it, I don't know, it creates a sense of another another level of community within your community that's pretty freaking cool. A little bit of ownership in that yeah. too, right? And we and look, I, it's it's not surprising when we do the drafts for the teams, which we're talking about in a second. Yeah. It's people to try and draft the top judges, yeah, right away, because that person's going to be a point earner easy, for your team. Easy points, easy points. Um, we give three points each week to the person that best represents the spirit of the open. Yeah, and that's an arbitrary decision that we you know all come together with Jamie Lee and maybe one or two other coaches that were there at the event. And we'll talk about who we, who do we think deserves the spirit of the open so that we try to do it as unbiased as possible. And it's usually really damn obvious who yeah. that person is. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of cool. Um, and then the, the other thing we have done in the past, we can talk about it is giving a point when someone gets a PR mm-hmm. personal record. Mm-hmm. Now, Jamie and I had a little bit of debate over this is because it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass and how, how we scored it. We had them right on their, on their score sheet, on their score sheet, PR, PR. So if they PR something they wrote PR and they circled it. And so then we would give that team a point. We had to go through those sheets manually. Yeah. Which you do anyways, because you submit and validate the scores. You do. Right. That's right. That way you're also tracking to see who judged them. So that way we can, you know, keep track of how many judged athletes i mean how many people judged people yeah um but the problem is with the pr aspect is what's consistent of pr you know is right. it your first double under is it your first right. pull up or right. whatever it is right is it your six rep deadlift max yeah <laughs> 
so so i think and what jamie said is i think ahead of time we will determine once the workout is announced we'll be able to determine what is acceptable to be a pr for that for that event yeah yeah even if it's if it's a repeat, that makes it an easy yeah repeat PR option. Sure, right. And then the other one would be I love first pull ups. I love first toe to bars. Yes. First yes. ring muscle up. First bar muscle up. Those things are cool. Yeah. Um, a single rep clean and jerk or a single rep snatch or a single rep yeah, deadlift for a for a max load or for something max like load that. Yeah, are, are are great. Yeah. So, it, but it is important to put that criteria out for PRs. Otherwise, you'll get people in the and and it's. And they do it in, in a lot of times to find like they, they yeah. want as many points as possible. Yeah. And so the, these teams will push the edge of the envelope, which means that people are taking it serious and they're having a lot of fucking yeah. fun. Yeah. Which is good. But That's, we, but we did have to rein in. It got a little, it's like, okay, where is this? PR? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but anyway, so now let's talk about, I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about in, in terms of, um organization building the teams building the teams so the first thing you need to do is like you need to announce it now 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 or into the first week yeah Uh, now is a good time to at least start planning it which is why we're talking about it now yeah um i mean to to really start it all out you got to figure out who's leading each team that's right right so we need team captains right and what we're doing is we're going to have um a coach and a member um does it mean that you are going to have to do this if you're doing this at your own affiliate it could be two coaches it it just it depends on what you want to do to it but what we like to do is we'll have a coach and a member leading that team which will then lead into the draft yeah and the draft how we've done it in the past we've done pick names out put everybody's names in the gym that's going to participate that's registered for the open um, we put their names in a hat and you just go through and draw the names on a hat. Unfortunately, that has the, that kind of backfired. I feel a yeah, little bit, um, just because you're at chance, um, of, you know, ending with a couple really heavy hitter athletes on the same team yeah. or even gaining a couple social butterflies together, which then makes one team heavily. Yeah. Social. <laughs> yeah. Heavily social, but also, you know, the, they, they try and game it, they figure yeah. it out. So you want to, you want to disperse your yeah. talent and your community people evenly. Yeah. You want to disperse your judges evenly. Yeah. The people that are going to judge, do the most judging. Um, and the way to do that is, is to put uh, your, I think the first thing that, and then what we're going to do is we'll take our top athletes in our gym, our competition athletes, and every gym knows who those people are. Mm-hmm coaches and top athletes, put those people um, in a pool and then allow the team's captains to draft them. And we'll bring everybody together either on Zoom or we'll do it here at the gym. And we'll essentially do a, a you know, some sort of roll the dice or something, flip a coin, figure out who's, figure out, who's the, figure out the draft order. Yeah, so yeah. once you figure out the draft order, whatever way you figure out the draft order, um, we did a snake, what they call a snake mm-hmm. draft which is one, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. So that way the person that's the last Last. in the draft gets at least two. Gets the first pick on the second round. Gets the first pick on the second round, essentially. That's right. Um, That's a cool way to do it. And so we'll do that, and then we'll have them go through and pick the names that they Mm want to pick. Um, And in there, we'll let them pick either the names in the hat 
I think, which are the RX plus athletes, the pool where I will have that, those names up. So the RX athletes are coming in like by random, by pulling them out. No, no, they'll be, they can choose who they want on their team. Draft straight. I want so-and-so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the draft. And then they can choose that person or they can choose someone from the community. That's also heavily judged or has some big, yeah. big, uh, big lifts right. or heavy skill gymnastics. You That's know, right. You could always have somebody that can be a star for that week. And we'll keep going until we get all of the RX plus names or the, you know, the competition athletes drawn and maybe a little bit further if the teams want to go a little bit further into the community mm-hmm. to pull names. So I had a thought. With, so instead of just putting people, I mean, I think the pool should be those that are registered because we're doing this like the week before the open begins, right? Right. L- last time we talked about it was like on February 11th or something like that. So ultimately, this is a chance to kind of help rally people to register for the open, right? Because then they begin, they go into that pool. And then as the coaches that are drafting, they can pick a, a rx plus athlete that's going to be a heavy hitter for that team or they can pick a heavy like a good judge um they have they have play it however they want to but then they have that whole pool of the community based off of who is registered right and then if you register after the the draft happens then we're going to go to sequential just basically following that same start start assigning them to the teams okay start assigning them to the teams i think that's the way to do it yeah so the and the draft can be fun and and yeah. we have had fun with the draft. Yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't make it I wouldn't do a public draft to the entire community. The only reason being is that no one you know no one likes to be picked last. No one likes to hear the discussion. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, you want the draft amongst the team captains to be fun and entertaining. Kind of gets that in yeah that excitement going too. Yeah, it does because I mean those that are leading these teams they they got to know the community. Yeah, because they got to know who they're picking. Right. Um, and it's it's really going to be a fun time just getting excited for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. Then plan your Friday night lights or Saturday main event or, or whatever, Saturday whatever you want to do. Just figure out what day you're doing it right. and then designate that's the day that you're going to be able to collect scores yeah. for your team. And I would have a kind of a session with the captains once a week, just like a few minutes debrief or something debrief you know here's what you know you want them to do you need them to do what's cool is then you've got now four managers essentially that are Mm -hmm. helping you run these intramural opens and then we do a party on the last one Mm -hmm. so we turn the last one into a big event and people are already bugging me about maybe doing a barbecue kind of thing i just got a crazy idea to add another scoring opportunity theme we did theme last year if you show up with a themed aspect Whatever the theme is, maybe it's an extra point or half a point. Yeah, the problem is again. So we start adding points like that. It gets difficult. It gets to, difficult. Yeah, it gets difficult to track. Okay, it, it was you know our theme was tie dye, and some guy yeah. wore tie dye socks. Does he get a point? Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. Like, yeah, just, yeah. like I'm not going tie dye head to toe to lose a point to some bro <laughs> that's got tie dye socks only. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> you know? Touche. But so, then you have a chance for the spirit. <laughs> I do like though. We do like doing themes. Yes. For each week, yeah. like it's an adds it's another fun. level. It's fun, yeah. So you know, you can do it as you know, ski party. You can do it pajamas. You can do tie dye. You can do neon. Yeah, we did tie dye, neon, and sport. Yeah, sport, sports, sports teams, sporting sports teams, teams yeah. sporting teams. Yeah. So, 
there's all kinds of things you can do for themes. You can make it a lot of fun. You don't have to, but it, the members sure do seem to enjoy the themes. Yeah, yeah. Um, these these are the these are the things that we're planning on doing. And if you're an affiliate and you want to plan something, just start working on that, working out those details now. So we'll we'll um, one of the things we will do is we'll publish as many of these documents as possible. Yeah. Um. To we'll put it in a blog post in uh, on PRs all days uh, website, and we'll tag a link to that. Tag on this video yeah a link to this oh and to this video this as well. video to that okay post, good yeah. that's a good idea so look for that in a couple days um and then i think that was really all that i wanted to uh, talk about oh we did the only th- other thing we were going to talk about is tia toomey's pregnant holy crap that's what, amazing what about this thing on your head oh yeah road royalty <laughs> yeah well, let's talk about tia, tia, about tia road, is, road it's royalty. a huge huge uh yeah, was, PR for her. I guess. Yeah, PR for her. No, it's and it really is just kind of a neat thing. But I, I mean, I don't know. She, that woman is just absolutely remarkable. Yeah. She's an incredible athlete. But now she announces she's pregnant, or I should say, and now she's announces she's pregnant, which is a, just like a, another amazing thing for CrossFit and CrossFit community, yeah. and the world of CrossFit the sports. I mean, Annie Thor's daughter and yeah, Kara, Kara, um, Kara Webb, Kara Webb. Like they already kind of broke ground here, but yeah. it, but to have that happen, like it's just like, it's like, it's, it's like your you know your sister or your cousin or your you know someone in your family having a baby. It's like someone in our family is having yeah. a baby, and everyone's excited about it. And it's yeah. like half a million likes on her post. It's just really a cool thing. Yeah, and it's a really remarkable thing about you know the women like Annie Thor's daughter and Cara Webb who were able to come back from. And basically nine months of like, you know, lesser training at lower volumes and lower intensities and and then still make it back to the pinnacle of like, yeah, guys, I don't know. I mean, we say lesser training, lesser volume, but it's different because I mean, Hey, their bodies are going through some serious changes and fuck, that could be hard. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's, you know, it's better them than, than us. Cause I don't, I I could, (laughs) I wouldn't be back. (laughs) Um, but anyway, it's, 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 it's really a remarkable thing and, and it's, and it's yeah. really neat to see within the CrossFit community and congratulations to them. Yeah. And I love that they're doing it and, and, uh, and, and taking a year off, whether she comes back or not, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. just, it's just an awesome thing. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is road royalty, which is, um, something that Diablo CrossFit started, um, back in 2012 as an intergym kind of throw down um challenge amongst our members to see who the best person on the rower was and we did three or four events and then we booked we put it all on a spreadsheet the um now and uh it's now grown to a international international competition it's in like something like 40 countries we have gold medalists participating it's um it's really remarkable event and, but what's cool about it with respect to the open is that it's um, we announce the workouts on Thursdays and you have to have the workout done by Monday Monday and it's just rowing. There's nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's just rowing. It's a rowing workout. You don't have to film anything. You just have no. to take a picture, take of the a monitor, picture monitor, which input you, the workout correctly into the monitor. Yeah. So we get the right score back. No, it's empirical proof. I mean, it's yeah. right there that yeah. you, you can't screw it up when yeah. it's on the monitor because the monitor has a date and, you know, concept two could test the monitor to see that it was done actually on that date, which is kind of cool. Yeah. If, if we needed to, we've never had to do that. Um, here's the other cool thing is that the competition is based on height. Um, mm-hmm. So we have height categories. 
so tall and not so tall. Yeah. Still, we call it standard and tall. Yeah. And um, which is a dis- which is a which is a distinguishing characteristic of the rower. Like yeah. taller people do better on yeah. the rower. So we have height categories, which um, has gone over very well in the rowing community because mm-hmm. I didn't think it would. Because they in in traditional rowing, it's based on weight class. Weight class, yeah. And so you get you know tall people that lose a lot of weight to try and get the lower weight classes. Yeah, we don't want anybody having to cut weight for this. Right. right. So this is cool. You do it based on height. So we have height categories. Anyway, it's it's four weeks, so you'll be done two weeks before the open. It's a great time to kind of just practice those getting those nerves out like yeah here's your workout get it done submit it going through that process because like you said before when you forget to submit your score before the workout it's <laughs> yeah sucks. so it's it's so it's cool they, you you get in the mode and you get an awesome workout you learn a little bit about intensity on the road you learn a, a little bit about the the erg, erg itself, itself yeah. and how to program it there's some cool programming that we do yeah. with it um and again, it's a worldwide competition. It'll be we have age groups as well. So nine different scoring opportunities. Uh, yeah, four workouts. Four workouts, but nine different scores yeah. that are available. Yeah, it's really a, a neat deal. Anyway, um, go to roadroyalty.com, which is R O W R O D Road Royalty.com, and you'll uh, we'll, we'll add a link to this video also, so easy and, to find and register. And yeah. and it's and it's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy it. So that's it. That was commercial. So, anything else? That's it for today. All right, we'll talk. We'll, for this see week. You, we'll see you on. Uh, our goal is to be there again on Monday. We with screwed the audio up on point. With audio on point. So we'll see you next Monday. All right, see Cheers. you guys.